good Tuesday to you. Welcome back to the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Lamb. Today, we're going to be talking Ohio State, Michigan, a battle of two very similar teams coming up tonight in Ann Arbor. We'll preview the Buckeyes, Wolverines, and I'll tell you why it is imperative that Ohio State come up with a victory, if not today, at least this weekend. But I think you already knew that. And I will also explain why these two teams are so very similar. Also, Terry McLaurin digging in over in the nation's capital with philanthropy, entrepreneurial spirit. He is really going headfirst into the community. Chris Russell, host of the Locked On Redskins podcast, had an interview with Terry this past week. I will air that coming up in the second portion of the show. I think you're really going to like what Terry has to say. As you are not surprised, I'm sure this guy has been a model citizen so far over there in D.C., and I think he's going to continue to light it up with Dwayne Haskins. Very excited about that. We'll play McLaurin's interview with Chris Russell of Locked on Redskins coming up. If you are a fan of the show and if you're listening, I assume that you are, and I appreciate that you are. Please spread the good word to friends and family members, anybody you know that will enjoy listening. We are on the favorite, your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch the show at Locked on Buckeye. Coming up next, we'll preview Ohio State Michigan basketball coming up at 7 p.m. tonight. Ohio State Michigan basketball on the hardwood up there in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the Chrysler Center. It is not Chrysler Arena any longer. They changed that about six or seven years back. It is the Chrysler Center, so don't get it twisted. But look, I teased this on Monday. These two teams are... (laughs) about as identical as you could possibly see in terms of the way the season has gone. It's been a roller coaster ride for both teams and they are a similar in a similar spot right now in the peaks and valleys. They both started off as two of the hottest teams in college basketball back in November, carried on into early December. Ohio State lasted just a little bit longer, a little more staying power. But both teams have gone through injuries, suspensions, slumping, uh, erratic play, both offensively and defensively. In fact, to give you an idea of how similar these two teams are, they're both four and six in the Big Ten right now. They both have identical adjusted offensive efficiencies in conference play of 113.7, which means 113.7 points per every 100 possessions adjusted for average college basketball teams. They both have almost identical defensive efficiencies, okay? Ohio State is allowing just 96.5 points in conference play per 100 possessions. Michigan allowing 97 points, so only a half a point difference out of every 100 possessions. These two teams are really playing as a mirror image of one another right now. Uh, It's fascinating because Ohio State's biggest offensive weakness is turning the ball over, and Michigan's biggest defensive weakness is not forcing turnovers. Michigan turning over opponents only 16% of the time, which is 310 out of 353 basketball teams in Division I. So 
I think that is a big starting point right there for what may happen tonight when Ohio State and Michigan clash at 7 p.m. That is an ESPN tip, by the way. Ohio State did really well against Indiana, turning the ball only 10 times, turning it over 10 times. And that's been, of course, one of the biggest Achilles heel all season for Ohio State offensively is the number of turnovers. And with D.J. Carton out, that's an even bigger focus because C.J. Walker takes pretty good of the basketball. His turnover rate has been very low this year. But with Dwayne Washington taking over backup point guard duties, Ohio State needs to be more efficient with the ball more consistently, especially on that rare occasion when Walker is not on the floor. He did play 36 minutes against Michigan. They need him to be on the floor. This Michigan team, as I said, they're good defensively. They've been very erratic offensively like Ohio State, but overall, they've been very efficient. In this game specifically, one of their best players, Isaiah Livers, continues to be out with an injury. It does not appear he's going to play against Ohio State. They were kind of vague with his status, but it it sounded like he has a ways to go, so he will not play. Xavier Simpson, their star point guard, very, very good at getting to the rim, which is not good news for Ohio State because, as I mentioned on Monday, that is one thing that has not been real good lately, stopping dribble penetration, and that's something that Simpson does really well. And Michigan has very, very good shooters around him. So Ohio State needs to keep Simpson out of the lane. He has been reinstated. He was suspended for one game, but he's back will play against Ohio State tonight. So the key for Ohio State, keep Xavier Simpson out of the lane and guard the shooters. And that means uh, Eli Brooks, who is one of their better shooters. Brandon Johns has really caught on in the post as a player. Uh, Another big key, I think, for Ohio State tonight is finishing at the rim. That's something they did really well against Indiana. Caleb Wesson had a huge game against Trace Jackson Davis and some of their backup interior defenders. Michigan, though, has... A legit seven-footer, really good defensive post player in John Teske. This is a big, big matchup for Caleb Wesson because, as I've said and alluded to very frequently here this season on the podcast, I feel like Wesson's strength and ability to finish down low has suffered because of his weight loss. And when you go up against a legitimate seven-footer with a big, strong body like Teske, he's really hard to move, which means position is going to positioning will be at a premium for Caleb Wesson tonight against Teske. That's a big matchup. Can Wesson get post position and move Teske and be able to finish at the rim? And that's another interesting thing. Will Michigan double down on Wesson? I will tell you right now, it is very unlikely. And if you have any doubts as to me saying this, why I'm saying this, if you watched Michigan against Iowa these last couple of games, the the two times that they have played them this season, they are definitely not a team that is going to double Caleb Wesson. In those two meetings where Michigan played Iowa, Luca Garza went off for 44 points and 8 rebounds, and then the second time around, I think it was 28 points and 10 rebounds. They did not double Garza. So if if Garza is going off for 44 and 28 respectively, you can bet that Michigan will not double Caleb Wesson. I know Juwan Howard has said he does not believe in doubling the post if he can avoid it. So that means Caleb Wesson is very, very likely to get 
single coverage one-on-one in the post tonight against John Teske, it is going to be imperative that he takes advantage of that and wins that matchup because Ohio State, they did the same thing against Indiana. Indiana did not double the post very frequently. Every once in a while, they sent down a second or third guy to try to swipe at the ball at, against Wesson. But for the most part, they also did not do double teams and triple teams. And they had a lot of success with it. They were able to get good ball movement and just despite that and do a pretty good job shooting the ball. It's going to be a little bit different. They're not at home. They're not going to have the comfort level with the surroundings. So can they score off of Caleb Wesson's entry passes? Can they get second and third opportunities from the post, high, low, inside, out? Can they get those ball reversals and get into the lane against a Michigan defense that has been struggling lately? Like Ohio State, they've been giving up a lot of dribble penetration. So I like this matchup for Ohio State, but if you're looking at this from a Michigan point of view, the Michigan podcast locked on Wolverines right now, they're probably saying the same thing. Look, this is a a vulnerable Ohio State team that has been struggling defensively, that's been very up and down and erratic offensively. So it, it truly is a matchup of two teams and programs right now that are in very, very similar positions. The way the seasons have gone with the injuries, suspensions, inconsistent play, this should shape up to be a very good game. But Ohio State is in a great position here. The consensus bracketology right now has Ohio State anywhere from a 6 to 8 seed generally. The bracket matrix, which tracks a lot of professional bracket projections as well as amateur bracket projections, has Ohio State a consensus 7 seed. The Buckeyes, despite all the struggles and these losses, are in great shape right now because these losses are coming to tournament projected teams and they have a couple good wins against Kentucky, Villanova, the first Penn State win, now Indiana at home. Ohio State has done enough without losing to any bad teams to be in great position. If it gets hot, and I'm not saying it will. Look, I want I want people to understand I'm not projecting this or predicting this yet. But if Ohio State gets hot here and, and has a torrid finish the rest of the season, okay, they win these last, let's say, nine out of the last ten games. And I know that's asking a lot. I'm not saying that's happening. But if they were to win like 9 out of 10 and, and make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament, look, I'm telling you, the way this college basketball season's gone, Ohio State would have a chance at a 1 or 2 seed. Now, that's very, very unlikely, okay? I'm not saying Ohio State's going to wind up a 1 or 2 seed. That's just extremely unlikely. But because of the way college basketball has been this year and because of how good the Big Ten is, Ohio State has a chance for a really good seed if it gets hot. And I think it's capable of doing that. If it starts playing like we saw in November and early December, that was the best basketball team in the country at that time. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to get back to that point. But if they do, the resume is going to be really good because of all the possible wins that they could accumulate between now and the end of the regular season. But it starts with this game. They have made strides the last couple games, winning at Northwestern against a very pesky young team, and then following it up with one of the better games they've played all season against Indiana, despite DJ Carton being out. Chris Holtman, by the way, has not given any timetable as to DJ Carton's return. It is believed that he will be back sometime this season, but they are not saying that publicly. They don't know for sure. They don't want to put any pressure 
and put out a timetable that's not realistic. So I think he'll be back, but that's just conjecture on my part. We don't know for sure. But assuming he is later in the year, they just need to get over the hump. And following the Indiana win up with a quality road win at Michigan, despite their struggles, that would still be a quality win. They're projected seven or eight seed on their own right. So Ohio State going into Ann Arbor, winning then, and then having a chance to follow it up with another big road win this Sunday in Madison against Wisconsin, this is a big week for Ohio State. Taking, I think, one out of two would be a big success. Taking both would obviously be an incredible feat. But just get one out of two. I think winning this Michigan game, you can afford to lose the Wisconsin game. If you lose this, I think you have to win the Wisconsin game. Not that you have to. It wouldn't be the end of the season. But I think it would really, really help to get at least one out of these two wins later this week. So, Ohio State, Michigan, 7 p.m. That's a conundrum for me because the Columbus Blue Jackets are also playing over at Nationwide Arena at 7 p.m. against the Florida Panthers. So, that means I'm going to have to have a little double dip action going on. My TV will have Ohio State, Michigan at 7 p.m. on ESPN, and my computer will probably be streaming the Blue Jackets and Panthers on Fox Sports Ohio with my YouTube TV, which I love, by the way. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have already and you're thinking about changing service providers, I give two thumbs up to my YouTube TV subscription. Been totally worth it. Great service, good price, great quality, channel selection, you name it. YouTube TV has been there for me so far. I've had a little, uh, almost a year now, and I am very, very happy with it. So Buckeyes, Michigan coming up 7 p.m. ESPN tonight. Coming up next... Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins, had an interview this past week with Redskins wide receiver, former Buckeye, Terry McLaurin. We'll play that for you next. All right, good to have you with us as we prepare for Super Bowl 54 right here. And joining us now live from Miami, you guys know him. He's the stud receiver for the Washington Redskins. What a tremendous rookie year. Seven touchdowns, 919 yards, uh, 58 receptions, a 15-8 average. And he does it just as well off the field as he does it on the field. Of course, we're talking about Terry McLaurin of the Washington Redskins. Uh, Terry, it's Chris Russell back here in D.C. Thanks so much for your time. How are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you doing? I appreciate I'm, you for having me. Great. I appreciate you. And, you know, one of the things uh, that we wanted to talk about before we get into the football stuff, because there's a lot to do there, is you and the Washington Redskins and the Redskins Charitable Foundation have formed a, mm-hmm. a new partnership. And I know you're the ambassador uh, for what we're calling uh, the Youth Entrepreneurs uh, Partnership. Um, and, and basically it's designed to get, my understanding is, high school and middle school students involved in different areas so that they could prepare better for life. Can you shed some light on what you and the Redskins Charitable Foundation are working on? Uh, yes, um, uh, the Redskins came to me with a, a unique opportunity to you know, get involved in the community and, and what better way through education. And Youth Entrepreneurs really, um, you know, the partner that I'm partnering with really allowed me to, um, you know, shed some light in and be a great example for the uh, the young kids in the D.C. metro area. And um, it's a program that really um, just gives kids the, the tools that they need to be successful, uh, not just in the classroom, but um, in life and in business and, and just all the tools that they need to be successful. And it just allows them to dream big. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, kids just need direction and they need guidance. Um, but they also need the tools to be able to be successful. And I feel like Youth Entrepreneurs gives them that opportunity as well as their teachers 
it doesn't you know pigeonhole them and and say hey you got to teach them this it allows the te- it allows the teacher to be flexible and, and use um, um, curriculum that's that's just for their children and it's customized and um, it, it builds up great relationships as well. Terry McLaurin, you can check out more on the Youth Entrepreneurs uh, integration with the Redskins Charitable Foundation, already tentatively launching in 15 schools in 2020. And we all know this, guys, right? The Redskins Charitable Foundation, it's bulletproof. They do such a tremendous job. Look at what they've done with Nick Sundberg and loads of love, Terry. You know that. Um, And and this is a really Mm -hmm. cool thing. So uh, everybody should go check out the Redskins Charitable Foundation. There'll be more uh, information on Youth Entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and Terry's involvement uh, in that. So that's a very worthwhile uh, cause indeed. Terry, I wanted to ask you, uh, now that your rookie year is in the rearview mirror, obviously a tough one for you guys on the field, but for you individually, almost a thousand yards, mentioned some of the numbers, seven touchdowns. How would you evaluate your individual performance? And can you separate that, I guess, from the team frustration? Um, Yeah, I, I mean, Individually, I'm glad that I was able to produce at a high level. Um, at being a third-round pick, I was able to help our team um, in a lot of ways offensively. And, um, you know, I just came in with the mindset that I really just wanted to, um, you know, be a value to our organization. And, and that's what I just try to do each and every day, be a guy that was accountable, be a guy that my teammates respected, my coaches respected, and they trusted on the field to make plays on Sundays. Um, you know, and then the twofold. Um, while I had great individual success, you know, I'm, I've always been a team guy. I've always been more uh, enamored by the, the team accolades and winning championships and winning a lot of games. So, um, you know, the season didn't go how we wanted, but, um, you know, we have Coach Rivera now, and I feel like he's going to lead us in the right direction. Terry McLaurin with us. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, I remember talking before we get to Coach Rivera, I remember talking to you in June as mini camp round up, uh, wound up, I should say. Uh, and we were talking, you and I, it was a great conversation that I remember about you being a better receiver than you were being given credit for by the draft pundits, by mm-hmm. maybe even Jay Gruden and, uh, and others. And, and I, I don't, I can't say I, I saw it turning out the way it did, but did you know back in OTAs and maybe even before training camp and certainly before the season that you were going to be this good and this productive as a receiver and really special teams would be a thing of that wouldn't, you know, turn out? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I came in with the mentality to be a, a great just asset to my organization, whatever I, whichever team I got drafted to. So, um, where they need me to play special teams, where they need to play me to play receiver, I was willing to do that. Um, but I was more importantly uh, more excited to prove how good of a receiver I felt like I could be. And um, you know, at Ohio State, there's only one ball to go around. And um, you know, I was able to be a part of some great teams and make plays when they asked me to make plays. But I can't got a unique uh, opportunity to um, come in and have a chance to start as a rookie. And not a lot of rookie receivers get that opportunity. And I just wanted to. Uh, take the bull by the horns and be as productive as possible. Um, you know, so towards the, at the beginning of the camp, I was in the, on all the special teams and I was playing some receiver and then I started making more and more plays and gained more and more trust from our, our coaches. And, you know, I, I earned a starting role. So that was, uh, that was awesome. Terry McLaurin with us again. Check out the Redskins Charitable Foundation for more on the youth entrepreneurial partnership that Terry's involved in. Just a tremendous cause uh, that both sides are teaming up together on. Uh, Terry, you mentioned Ron Rivera, and obviously you're going to have more to deal with your new wide receivers coach and Scott Turner, but we haven't had a chance to talk to you since then. I guess overall your impression on what you know and what you've heard. Yeah, I mean, I got to... um 
meet a whole coaching staff back in Ashburn after coming back off of vacation and, and, you know, they're great. And, um, you know, I, I got, I've already had a relationship with Coach Rivera back from uh, pre-draft where I really got to, you know, build a relationship with him, which is kind of hard to do in that process because you're being with so many teams. But me and him just we gravitated toward each other. And then me with Coach Turner when I got there, we didn't really get into X's and O's, but his, his mindset and his attack on how we should, um, you know, um, just just attack the ball down the field, but also have complementary offense with play actions and, and 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 great running schemes and things like that. And uh, the best thing that that struck me uh, was he just his offense enables the guys that are in that offense. You know, oftentimes some coaches and some teams try to change the whole scheme, but um, he really bases his offense off the personnel that we have. And I feel like we have some dynamic playmakers on on our offense. Bright days are ahead for the Washington Redskins and Terry McLaurin entering his second year. Terry, thanks again for doing this. Enjoy Miami and Super Bowl week, and we'll talk to you real soon when you guys get back, okay? Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me today. Thank you. That's Terry McLaurin of the Washington Redskins. That was Redskins wide receiver Terry McLaurin, former Ohio State Buckeye, tremendous wide receiver, one of the best rookie receivers in the NFL this past year. That was locked on Redskins host Chris Russell with McLaurin this past week. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Great to see McLaurin get knee-deep in the muck over there in D.C. The philanthropy, the the off-the-field, digging in with the community. Great to see. Great guy, great receiver. Going to be a long-time wide receiver there with the Washington Redskins. This has been Locked on Buckeyes today. Thanks for listening. Coming up tomorrow, we will recap the Ohio State-Michigan game. Hopefully a win for the Buckeyes And, of course, look ahead later to the Wisconsin Badgers coming up on Sunday. I've got a crossover episode with Asher Lowe. He is the host of Locked On Badgers. That's coming up later on. Make sure you tell a friend, family member, whoever you think would love to hear a a five-day-a-week Buckeyes podcast. Find us on the platform of your choice. Find and follow us. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many other third-party platforms. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked On Buckeye. Remember, if you are a business owner, would like to promote your business, especially in Central Ohio, or to Buckeye Nation in Ohio or the nation abroad, please text advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising to find out more. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening to Locked On Buckeyes. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.